The stage is set in San Francisco for the biggest international event the city's hosted since the Second World War. Leaders from across the Asia-Pacific are flying in for the APEC summit that President Joe Biden will host this week. On the agenda, amongst much else, America's efforts to deepen its ties in the Indo-Pacific and to confront China's expansionist aspirations. On Wednesday, Biden will come face to face with Chinese President Xi Jinping for the first time in a year. And the meeting, announced only on Friday, is now expected to overshadow the rest of the summit somewhat. Reporter Simon Marks is in San Francisco and he says for the city, the summit offers a crucial opportunity to rebrand itself. It's hard to overstate what's at stake this week for San Francisco, the United States and the rest of the world. The APEC leaders are descending on this city for their annual summit. It's the first time America has hosted the event since 2011. And it comes in the midst of tremendous global fragility in parts of the world that aren't even in APEC's backyard. The crises in Gaza and Ukraine will serve as a dramatic backdrop for this summit, but so will San Francisco itself, a city that hasn't seen anything like this since the end of the Second World War. For nine weeks in the spring of 1945, San Francisco was the center of men's hopes for lasting peace. On the 26th of June 1945, the United Nations Charter was signed here. It took weeks of complex negotiations sparked by the agonies of World War II, and US President Harry Truman was on hand to herald the UN's creation. There were many who doubted that agreement could ever be reached by these 50 countries, differing so much in race and religion, in language and culture. But these differences were all forgotten in one unshakable unity of determination to find a way to end war. 78 years later, much of that optimism has evaporated. This week, the US will attempt to revive it. President Biden is hoping to use the summit to demonstrate America's leadership on the world stage and to intensify efforts to tell APEC's 20 other members, including Russia and China, that US engagement in the region is here to stay. Geopolitically, it's a fraught environment now. Things are frothy. Kurt Tong was the U.S. ambassador to APEC 12 years ago, the last time America hosted the summit. This time around, he says, many APEC members are coming to San Francisco with one principal desire. Asia, defined as everybody, including Canada, Peru, uh, Chile and Mexico, we'll just call them Asian countries for for the sake of argument, they want the U.S. private sector to be engaged, to be investing, to be trading and they see APEC as an opportunity to reinforce the engagement of the U.S. private sector. So there will be a CEO summit beginning on Tuesday that will bring APEC's leaders face-to-face with more than 100 top American companies in a bid to open up some of those opportunities. But some are likely to remain closed because in negotiations over the creation of an Indo-Pacific economic framework, the White House has made it clear that market access to the U.S. or even free trade deals are currently off the table. President Biden wants to focus 
focus on shoring up American industries and boosting jobs at home. APEC is a forum. It's not a place where there's negotiations that happen over trade, like, like a WTO meeting, for example. Bob McMahon with America's Council on Foreign Relations says this week's summit is now likely to be overshadowed by Wednesday's bilateral meeting between President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping. It's the first time they've come face-to-face since last year's G20 summit in Bali, and optimism after that three-hour encounter was quickly quashed when the US ordered the shooting down of a Chinese surveillance balloon that Washington now concedes was not even spying on America. Just the fact of them getting together is a very big deal. It feels like it took a lot to get to this point in terms of high-level officials from China and high-level US officials going to China to talk about getting to a place where the two sides can be in regular communication over the many, many issues that they have tensions over and that they should be talking about in any event. But don't expect any breakthroughs. The bar is so low, in fact, that if the two leaders manage to agree to revive a military hotline that is supposed to obviate the possibility of US and Chinese fighter jets colliding over the South China Sea, that alone will be seen as a big win. San Francisco itself is also looking for a big win this week. There is a perception that San Francisco is this godforsaken hellscape. And I think, you know, you go to the certain neighborhoods, you might come across that. But says reporter Josh Cohen with the San Francisco Standard, the authorities here are determined to use the week ahead to rebrand the city. They've cleaned it up, moved the homeless and the drug addicts out of the immediate vicinity of the Apex Summit and see this as a chance to showcase the city's glories on the world stage. We want to make sure, and I say we as in the larger Uh, city apparatus is that San Francisco is seen as a city that's still beautiful, has vibrant culture, great restaurants and nightlife, and is a safe place to go. I I think this is really a a chance for San Francisco officials to try and let people know that people are not fleeing. And indeed they're not, but whether this city can revive its reputation over a single week is as questionable as whether America's relationship with China can turn the corner thanks to a single presidential meeting on Wednesday. For Monocle Radio, I'm Simon Marks in San Francisco.